1: Welcome to the return of Johanna Carroll's Dialogue with Divinity, The Conversation Continues. In this episode, Johanna will be tackling the timely message or the timely subject of spiritual activism in a chaotic world. So we definitely suggest you fashion your seatbelts for this one, because this program will definitely be one of our monumental programs of Dialogue with Divinity in this iteration, which we refer to as The Conversation Continues. Now we bring you our host, international intuitive, author and spiritual teacher, Johanna Carroll.
2: Hi everybody. This is Johanna Carroll. You are listening to Dialogue with Divinity. The conversation continues. Today's going to be a pretty heavy duty show, but it's really one that's intended always to lift you up, putting our spiritual glasses on, looking at life from another point of view. We had a big discussion on what are we going to what are we going to name the show today? And we're going <laughs> it was it was quite a dialogue, so yeah. we figured we better start the show, right, Gary? Yeah. So we really are going to say why are we here? It's got so many different connotations. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna start from the spiritual perspective first and then why are we here in humanity, and why is the United States here? We don't want to get overly political, but, you know, we're not going to avoid it. We're not going to avoid the conversation. And also, I need you to know, and this is not about, you know, race or anything like this, but I am a, you know, white woman, an older white woman. Gary is a man of color. Uh, We actually think the same on a lot of things. However, we obviously maybe have different perspectives on our own experiences so Mm
0: -hmm.
2: please stay with us because we really really want to lift you up today not drag you down let's all put our spiritual glasses on let's take a moment and breathe and really get wonderful awareness about what the universe is walking us through and why we are here at this time so first of all from a spiritual point of view why do we even choose life to begin with we choose it for experience we choose it for experience. To do what? To grow as a person, evolve as a soul. And I'm sure many of you right now are saying, why would I come back to this? So the reality is that, first of all, God created the earth as a classroom, as a schoolroom, and an opportunity for us to get closer to the heavenly realms through this experience to grow as a person and evolve as a soul. Karmically, karma's unfinished business. So in the precept of reincarnation or coming back into the flesh, we made a decision in the higher realms of consciousness to take a body again, because karmically, there's one or two things, Gary. We either wanted to continue the journey and experience the joys of the earth, or there was something that we didn't learn that we needed to complete, or we can't... We come down with a greater mission to help the world unify. And here we are, you know, we've talked about the Hopi prophecy. I'm going to repeat it again. When I was living in Sedona, Arizona, I had the opportunity to go up to one of the mesas where the reservations are. And there is, there's this gigantic rock there, it's called Prophecy Rock And the prophecy, you see a line going straight, and then all of a sudden, the line veers to the right, which represents our future, and it splits. And there's another line that goes up, and there's another line that goes kind of wobbly down. And so it really is the the whole spiritual teaching around it from the Native American tradition is that all of life is a vision quest, we're on a vision quest, so the vision is to see our life in a greater context with a great creator. We are through that choice of that line going straight. We're in it. We're on it. And this is the division that we're seeing in our country right now. We've chosen the higher road. We've chosen the lower road. So we could say we've chosen good. We've chosen evil. But well, here's the thing you remember. Lots of people have to realize that everything in the unified field of oneness that we live in, That high road and that low road, this is going to sound really strange, Gary. They both have value on some level. What doesn't have value is on the lower road, the stuff that's dragging us down, pulling us down. We could say it's evil. We could say it's devil. We could Mm -hmm. say it's the Satan. We could say it's killing people. And that is true. It's a very low vibrational frequency. And this is the age of ascension. This is the age of resurrection, which is rising above all of that Mayan drama karma that pulls us down. However, now we're, we're, what are we seeing? We're seeing that where we are today, where we are right here, right now, is we're seeing polarity at the extreme. Now, we also know we do have a mind. We do have free will. We do have consciousness. The main thing, all of you that are listening to this right now, you've really got to ask yourself this question. What's pushing you? What's influencing you? If you really have a belief in the higher self, it's not about your religion. It's about your spiritual connection to the divine. It's the dialogue with divinity. What's your conversation Your conversation is every thought, every word, every deed, everything that you're feeling. You know, we really are like a radio tower of consciousness. We're constantly sending signals out there. What's the signal that you're sending out there as an individual people? What's your contribution to growing as a person, evolving as a soul? Because it is affecting a larger group of consciousness, which belongs to individual people. So I have to tell you just to report from my point of view, I have tremendous sadness over where we are in observation because as a woman that went through the sixties and the Vietnam war and, um, You know, all the things that I saw with the Ku Klux Klan and um, the women's, you know, the women's movement, all of that, you know, there's a part of us, and I don't think it's just white women, we're we're exhausted from this. It's like, you know... Yeah. I said to my husband you know we're we're in, I'm in my 70s my husband is in his 80s and by the way my husband is a retired police officer so we'll talk about that in a second okay good. and so and our, sometimes our point of views don't agree we really don't agree but we agree to at least be kind about it so you know it's like when I've, I've dedicated my life for almost 40 years to really help I walked away from corporate America um, And I intentionally did that so that I could go as a person, evolve as a soul, and be a helper and a healer. And I really dedicated my life to helping a lot of people. And obviously, I, like a lot of other people, in order to really do my mission, there was some sacrifice that came along with that. However, I also feel that when you are in alignment with the divine, you do get beneficent blessings. So here we are having this conversation, and someone said something to me yesterday, Gary, that I thought was really interesting. Uh, she's a she <clears throat> lived right in the town where George Floyd was killed, and she's white, and she's right. in her 40s. She's definitely an activist. Um, she's definitely on a spiritual path. Right. Um, she's an organizer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and. She said to me, wouldn't it be interesting if George Floyd actually chose to be here at this time and have this occur? And wouldn't it be interesting without judgment if these police officers, this was part of their assignment? So we've got high road, low road hmm. If this was part of their assignment to do what to rise us up to a new level of consciousness. So, right.
1: I agree it, with that. Totally.
2: You know, it created. this has created a whole movement. Yeah. So think of the Hopi prophecy. Right. Is it creating more separation or is it creating more unification? It's so unifying Mary,
1: people. Yes, you know, you're an,
2: Af- you're an African American man. I mean, not that you. I've never black been at odds on anything. Yeah. This is not about race. <laughs> this is not black about American. black white. This yeah. is always about doing the right thing. So I, 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 you know, there are times. Quite frankly, I just don't know what to say, and that's you know, here I am, a mouthpiece for the divine. I. No, but you hit on it,
1: Johanna. You did.
2: You hit the nail right on the head. Okay, so tell me, do you think George Floyd and these cops signed up to create a mission for the greater good, even though evil if you will?
1: You cannot dismiss that possibility because people, not only in this country, whether they're white, black, Gay, straight, or otherwise transgender. These people have come. Even cops have joined in solidarity with some protesters and then go beyond the parameters of our nation to global demonstrations in Mm -hmm. Australia, Germany, France. So you cannot discount That possibility, mom, you hit it right on the head. You really did. And I have to say that in all honesty and all sincerity. That, you you can't discount that. Because there's always, we read in ancient writings that there is a time and a place and a season for everything. And you see the solidarity that has taken place even for those white nationalists and white supremacist agitators they are being discovered and being caught and revelation arrested. yeah exactly oh mm-hmm. their plot is being revealed, so no i I don't I agree There, you know and and it is, and, it, and I'm not trying to sound callous as I know you're trying not to, but let's face it folks is it was George Floyd chosen? by the universe Mm -hmm. to fulfill an end to a means because unfortunately let's be clear about that too unfortunately sometimes it takes something that will shock the system yeah shock us to get us straight to get us right
2: Well, remember what I always say, God will slam you into the sidewalk until you get it. And this is a big slam for us. You know, it's like a rippling effect, not just through the world, but through the universe. So we have to remember that the universe is a reflection as we, you know, it's a two way mirror. So there's some chaotic stuff going on out there in the universal consciousness. It's a birthing of a new age. That's the way we have to look at it. And for someone that has had two children, Gary, I know you haven't birthed children. Mm-hmm. Literally, when that baby is coming through the birth canal, the suffering is un,
1: unbelievable. Yeah.
2: You know, it's like going through the valley of death, is my oh, ex mother in law yeah. used to say. And I'm not trying to make. I was so there both the times. Thing, you know, my
1: wife, yes.
2: When I saw, when I saw his daughter say, "My daddy is a hero," it just makes me want to cry. So here's this little innocent soul who's, you know, seen what happened to her father. And yet he's been lifted up, in my opinion, into the arms of the divine. So, you know, on some level, you know, we're told in the Aquarian age, we refer to Jesus and all of the great masters, you know, that have come to show us, to teach us. And, you know, if you really think of it, Jesus was crucified on a cross. You know, his suffering was intended, really, to lift us up into a new era, a new way of being. I have a friend who's a Jehovah Witness. And, you know, we don't talk about religion a lot, but, you know, I did ask her a couple of months ago. And she said, well, in our faith, we believe that this is the end of times. And I said, well, in the way I look at it, I believe, and this is way before any, any of this happened, before COVID, before this particular situation. Right. And I said, well, the way I look at the end of times is it's the end of living our life a particular way. And it's...
1: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol. Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond.
0: Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? a woo a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+.
2: So it's the death of the old and it's the birthing of the new. This is really the point that I'm trying to make. And so... Does there have to be a martyr in every cycle of life for us to get it and unify? Mm, Do we go back to the dark ages? You know, it's really, uh, you know, before we got on the air, Gary and I were chatting and it's a little bit of a confusing time um, from my point of view. I talked to my husband, who is an ex-police officer. And, of course, you know, he's a lot older right now. He was a helicopter pilot.
1: Right. He was a and retired, retired he actually, police officer, yes. He's
2: retired, of course. He's in his 80s. The good thing he's retired. So I said the very, very, very first thing he said to me was, those cops need to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. I mean, he was adamant That's it. about that. That's and it. Was, there you go. That's he it. He was... And he was really, really angry. But I'll tell Mm -hmm. you what the other thing he was angry about. He talked about the, the time, you know, that he was a police officer. And I said to him, why did you become a police officer? Was it because you wanted to feel like a macho guy and powerful? And he said, no, I became a police officer because I really wanted to help. So on some level... At the time he became, I'm just telling his story. Mm -hmm. At the time he became a police officer, it was to protect and serve. And so let's look at it from a spiritual point of view. He was doing his mission, right? Now, here's the odd thing. My husband was a full-blown vegetarian. He never ate meat. He has never had a drop of coffee in his life. And he certainly doesn't eat donuts. So, you know. Let's just bring some levity to the the stereotypical cop, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he did tell me at the time, though, that there was, uh, and I thought this was interesting. Two stories I'm going to tell you. There was, um, he was a police officer uh, in a coastal city in uh, California, Huntington Beach. And it was the summertime, and... He, at that time, he was on the ground, known as a beat cop. And there was a real chaotic event going on on the beach. It was summer. It was hot. Teenagers, they were drunk. They were doing drugs. They were totally out of know. control. The worst guy. So there's three of them, three police officers that are called to this. Yeah. And he said, I'm talking hundreds like 200 kids are raging towards us. Mm-hmm. And I said, so how do, you control, how do you control a crowd like that? He said, yeah. you don't. You, you can't.
1: can't. You can't. That's right. And
2: so I said, so what did you guys do? He said, to be honest with you, the three of us just sort of did our own little mini circle on the beach, back to back, no weapons drawn, nothing. Mm-hmm. And we just stood there and he said, and from my point of view, I just prayed for help. And he <laughs> said, you know, um, he said it was a riot waiting to go to the next level. And we mm-hmm. were not going to light a match to instigate it. And All so, right. you
1: know, All right. Beautiful.
2: they were able to get out of there. So there, there, so there's that. So we have to understand. Now, this is a long time ago. So the consciousness The consciousness in that environment was different then. So we do have to honor that. The other thing that he told me was there was a cop that came from Chicago Mm. who moved to California to join the police department. Mm -hmm. And after a couple of weeks, he came to my husband and he said, so where do we get our extra money from? And my husband really isn't innocent on some level, and he said, what extra money? You mean like doing overtime? He said, no. <laughs> you, you know what I mean, dude. You know what oh, I mean. My. He said, he really did it. So, you know, obviously, the, the short part of the story is he wanted to know where the bribes were coming from, the payoffs. And he said, oh, you are God. in the wrong place. This is not what this department mm. represents on any Thank level. You. We're a brotherhood Thank here. You. Right. We do our work. We do the best we can. We're trying to help protect and serve. So eventually the guy left. So, you know, it's an interesting thing. You you know, there's there's always negative and positive in every situation. There really is. I don't care what career it is. I mean, you know, I worked in the healthcare industry in a large hospital system of six hospitals. And I managed a department that... Handled a lot of uh, legal cases.
0: Mm-hmm. Some
2: of them were workers' comp, but you know, and some of them were actually lawsuits against the hospital and a particular physician. So you know that actually w- w- that would escalate to another department that was beyond my control. But here's the point, and I'm not saying what's going on right now is good. I'm not in every segment of society. You know, there's bad healers, there's bad therapists, there's bad doctors, there's bad, you know, the polarity exists. However, when it is at an extreme and the consciousness of that body of intelligence, so let's just say a particular police force has this consciousness behind it and fear is pushing everyone and I don't care if you're black, white, purple, pink, or what you know, whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's gonna, it's gonna affect you on some level. Yeah. So, so yeah. my point is this. So I said to him, "Would you want to be a police officer now?" And He said, "Not in a million years." He said, "It's not <laughs> how I was trained." Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. Again, I am not blasting the police force at all. I'm really not. However. You know, it goes back to the question, why are we here? Did George Floyd and did these cops sign up? And then, of course, I'm watching the news yesterday, and we have these cops in Buffalo, New York, that's pushed down a 75-year-old man who cracked. I mm-hmm. mean, so it's like, no. okay, how many times do we have to see violence before we understand it is not how we unify ourselves and our souls. So for those of you that are listening uh, today in the United States and globally, we have huge marches of unification coming together. And in the United States, we don't want to get overly political, but we sort of have to today in the United States. We've got this huge march. A friend of mine lives on Capitol Hill in DC and she just sent me a picture of all our neighbors and their children, and grandparents, all getting ready to march. And so it's a new wave of consciousness. So when we have some religions or a faction of society saying this is the end of times, it needs to be the end of this time. And so in yeah. time... A moment in time is sort of what Proust talked about. A moment in time is an opportunity of consciousness to elevate humanity into the arms of the divine. And I'm not talking about from a religious point of view. I'm talking about from a spiritual point of view. So for those of you that are listening, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? And a lot of us. Including you, I guess, Gary. I can't speak for you. Some of the you know, it's a roller coaster ride. It yeah, really is. It
1: is. It is. It is.
2: So it, we're it, all being attacked on some level. And yet, I'm not saying you turn your back and let the arrows hit you. I'm not saying <clears throat> let the words hurt you. How do we take that energy? This is way beyond change. Yeah. So well, I'd, I'd really like to hear your point of view because, you know, I've come onto the show today sad, excited, uh, a little shaky for society, yeah. really disappointed. I mean, there's a part of me that says, We're oh all my
1: disappointed, Mom. God, here we, we, are, we go we again.
2: Really but here's the thing, who is guiding us? And really, I'm not even talking about politically who is guiding your thoughts and your feelings and your action are you know are we taking ownership for that but we all look you know i always look to the heavens you know that's my go-to place i look to the guides i look to the teachers i look to the masters i look to all the ancient teachings you know and you know it may sound really simplistic love my neighbor as thyself how do you see yourself i mean we really kind of have to take a look at that so there's a beautiful wave of consciousness that we're walking away from. So we'll say that's an end of a time that really none of us really want any part of. And yet, there's this real disruptive energy, whether you want to call it the evil, Satan, the devil, that's really yanking us down. This show today is really not intended to make you more depressed. You know, we're having a Continued conversation on how do we have our own personal conversation with the divine that does the right thing and leads us to a better way of living our lives. So there's a lot of recovery, spiritual recovery that's needed here. So I really would like your point of view, Gary.
1: Well, you well, know, you, you really hit all the notes at this point in the discussion regarding to where we are today, what's been happening, and what has happened. I'll say that much. But I'll also say this mom, like mm-hmm. I call, refer to Johanna's mom because she is a spiritual <coughs> mama <laughs> of metaphysical talk. It's
0: a big job these days, it let is, me tell but
1: you. No, serious, but, but she has earned that because your perspective. And, and I'll be honest with you in this regard, Floyd sounds like a guy that would be perfect, coming on my podcast to talk about his experience as a law enforcement officer because his his perspective of the world is very similar to mine. And he married you as an intuitive and a spiritual teacher just as I married my wife who is the same. You know, she worked with us on certain operations but we had to recruit her as a female investigator but still to this day as an intuitive and as a spiritual teacher like yourself i find our similar our situations being very very similar and i find my perspectives being very similar to his because i well, have let me
2: tell you though gary and i really want to pardon me for interrupting you Mm-hmm. We don't agree on a lot of things, and a lot of the things. Well, neither
1: we do me and my wife. You
2: know, but here, here's what's really interesting. So, why are we here? You know, why am I in this marriage, et cetera, et cetera? On an mm-hmm. astrological level, he and I are opposite one another. I'm a Pisces, and he is a Virgo. Mm-hmm. And if you look on an astrological wheel, they're opposites. So yeah, you know very, the whole yeah, thing: opposites attract. Opposites, yeah. opposites come. You know, there's a law in the universe that says the law of equals. So there's something in each of, you know, I've learned a lot from him about different things about the world. And he's learned a lot of things about the spiritual world from me. From you, yeah. That being said, one of his concerns is, and it's extreme point of view, do we paralyze? a system of providing a service that's really intended to protect, do we paralyze it to a level that they can't do their job? My response to that is we need to somehow come up with a new paradigm of thought in the training so that through the law of attraction, you know, who is, You know, right now, you know, you you have to go through the police academy. Well, you know that more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, through the educational process, there needs to be a new, you know, we talked about this before. We're in a four-year, a four-year in Tibetan numerology is new systems. And our system is our life, all systems, you know, so the police force, right? So the system of what that represents out in the world. You know, at one time people would go to a police officer because they knew they could get help. Now they're afraid to go near they're a police
1: afraid, officer. Exactly. In right. The yes.
2: So, yeah, um, in that regard, is there, you know, we don't want to take away all their, we don't want to disenfranchise a system. So, that it has no effect at all, but how do we go in and heal it and create something new? Here's one of my concerns.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Concerned. If we disenfranchise the police force to a level of non-operation, who's going to replace that, Gary? I mean, I'm a little concerned right now in Washington, D.C., that I feel like I'm looking at a private military force What's that all about? You know, and I don't want to
1: get scared about that. Okay. I mean, I have to say this in the very strongest terms possible. Okay. There should never, ever, ever be a private police force in the United States.
2: Anywhere.
1: No, because see, you know, you know, the countries that had private police, secret police, which in Russia, they call Kashishis. That's what I just said. In dictatorial and authoritarian leadership countries like Russia, they had secret police. In Iraq, under Saddam Hussein, they had secret police. Oh, under, well, under Castro, Nazi
2: Germany, and yes, the Gestapo, under, and the USS Under and all Hitler, that.
1: they had secret police.
2: Right. So that is a little. So anybody that's listening. We're not trying to frighten you. We just, you know, awareness is a good thing, right? Keep your eyes open. So, you know, how can you as an individual person, what can you contribute to your local sheriff, police department, as far as, positive, you know, working together? And I have to tell you that um, in Minneapolis right now, the same client yesterday that said to me, you know, is it possible that George Floyd and these two officers—that this was a spiritual mission? They—they they have created. This is very positive. The community has created, along with the police department. It's not like a task force because that sounds so militarial-ish, But you know, they—a cooperative effort, a joint commission to come together. To see how they can heal and repair this for the community. That is what we need. We don't need to eradicate the police and replace them because what are we going to replace them with? We really let's replace them with a new consciousness and maybe a new way of training. And you know, we're not asking them to to be weak, to be strong in this new age that we're living in. The Hopi prophecy rising up. So. Uh, everything yeah is at the end of times it needs to be the end of times and so why did you those of you that are listening why did you choose to be born in this time that's a heavy duty question so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back please stay with us hold that thought we'll see you in a minute
1: This is Gary Purifoy, co-owner and program director here at Metaphysical Talk Radio, with a simple solution to a common problem that many web listeners run into. And that is, how do I take MTR with me wherever I go? Well, the simple solution is two words, simple radio. That's right, simple radio. Go to your web store and find the Simple Radio free app by Streamer.com, and download it. Then find our listing in the directory, You can enjoy MTR wherever you go, in your car or anywhere, in beautiful, crisp, clear, 192 kilobit sound. So once again, the simple solution to your traveling listening issues is the Simple Radio app in the app stores. It's totally free, so download it onto your phone and enjoy the listening experience for miles and miles. And as always, we thank you for listening to MTR, Metaphysical Talk Radio at metaphysicaltalkradio.com.
2: Hi everybody! This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity, also known as Metaphysical Talk Radio's Spiritual Mama, and I'm back. We did Dialogue with Divinity Radio Show for nine years. It took a little break, and I decided, in this tumultuous time that we're living in, I needed to come back. So here we are. I also want to remind you that our show it has a live schedule. You can check that out here on MetaphysicalTalkRadio.com, and also you can go to my website. Johanna Carroll, J-O-H-A-N-N-A-C-A-R-R-O-L-L dot com for all my offerings, which include my books, my training sessions, and I'm so excited to tell you that I'm getting ready to launch an online school that is intended to inspire you, motivate you, give you really great tools to really live the best life possible. So thanks for stopping in to Metaphilistic Talk Radio. I hope you have a beautiful, blessed day, and I will see you soon. Bye for now.
1: You can tune in to previous episodes of Johannes' programs from previous seasons on our live stream and on our On Demand page. We also encourage you to join us for the return of Dialogue with Divinity. The conversation continues every Sunday, Tuesday, and Saturday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here metaphysical talk radio and Johanna continues to keep herself busy with her online global prayer and meditation group which has been going now what is it it's been up
2: two months now mom when COVID first started and we were all sequestered on some level uh, protected, I guess, is another way of saying it. I don't know what words to use today. Yeah. Um, but Allison, my spiritual daughter, who you know, who used to be one of the you know, co-hosts of, of our show, mm-hmm. uh, she had called and said, I think we need to do something. Would you be open to doing something? I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And, of course, you know, she's very much into the world of technology, and she said, well, let's do something online. And I said, well, you know, people can't go to church anymore and it's not religious necessarily and I don't want to do like church but why don't we create an environment where we can pray and meditate and find some peace together so basically what we did was we said okay so we started with a spiritual teaching and last week actually we did a whole numerology Tibetan numerology on what the year represents then we went into prayer then we meditate and then we have an open discussion. So there's four parts. It's an hour long. It is global. We have a beautiful, lovely group. Um, if those of you are interested in doing it, please go to my website, johannacarol.com. You'll see a link and you will have to sign in because we've really, we've embraced the concept that we are a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> and i tell you one thing we started to do. And maybe all of you can envision this. As we're coming out of our meditation, we envision that we are all standing around the world and we're using the world as a prayer wheel. And as we spin that prayer wheel, we pray for the healing and the unity of all humanity. And we do it with a chant. And so we're using all the starseed sounds that have been relegated actually to any religion as a first step of consciousness. So it's Om, Amen, Amin, Hum, Him, Om, Aho, and so then we kind of speed that up. So think of that, you know. And then the prayer wheel spins, and so it's an ascension prayer to heal the earth, to heal the consciousness, and all of humanity. In a unified way. So, you know, we thought, Gary, oh, we'll just do it for a couple of weeks. Well, (laughs) it obviously has been more than a couple of weeks, and it's a beautiful group. And we've decided that we're going to teach some online classes together. So we'll be launching those pretty soon as well.
1: Yes, and it's your online class is something that will be coming up. And I would encourage people who aspire to this type of work to engage in that class you know, because a lot of people, and I'm coming to find this out with many of the emails that we receive here at MTR, mm-hmm. Johanna, they they don't know where to start. They they, they get yeah. they find themselves gifted. They they want to write a book, or either they write a book and they don't they don't know where to start. They need training, and this is a place to start. This is a place to get it, and there couldn't be a better place where you can get it from is Johanna Carroll because she has made a life of this. Going on, on nearly 40 years, you know, over well over 30 years, and 35 going on thir- for 35 years. So, I would certainly encourage people to certainly um, get involved with this group, get hooked in with Joh- JohannaCarol.com. And, really, really, if you really want to see your abilities surface and take off, you're going to need the mentoring and the training from this well-seasoned individual because I have learned so much even from the background that I come from. And this is the reason why I'm dedicated to doing and producing these shows because Mm -hmm. they have been beneficial for me and I feel will be beneficial for you.
2: Well, the other thing I want to mention is that there is a course that's up right now, which I thought was really important. It's called How to Be Spiritual at Work. Mm, And, you know, sometimes a lot of people think, well, if I'm being spiritual, I can't work in corporate America. Um, We all have a mission, right? And so maybe we're all supposed to spread our love no matter where we are and so that's another thing you know how can i be spiritual at work well right now a lot of people are working from home you still need to be spiritual there in what you're sending out into the world you know dialogue with divinity gary as we know was written over 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and one of the things that we talked about with the council was this new vision and this new version of work the reinvention of work over 20 years ago One of the channeled messages that came in was uh, the high-rise towers uh, will be dark. People will be working from their home. And I thought, well, how's that going to happen? And look what's happened. But we didn't have, you know, the Internet. We didn't have Zoom, you know, uh, environment like we had back then. And so what I'm hearing from a lot of uh, people that are in corporate America still is that they're actually being... Given a choice, would you prefer to work at home? Or, you know, uh, do you want to come in the office once a week? But here's what's going to happen. So I, and this is actually what the council talked about over 20 years ago. Those high-rise office buildings will be repurposed for something for the greater good. So whether they'll be housing for the homeless or whatever. So we have to really, and that's the visioning. So one of the things that I want to talk to everybody about, just to consider... Is what is your spiritual assignment right now? Are you a spiritual activist? Are you being active in your spirituality? And so that has to do with your own relationship with the divine, your relationship with your loved ones, your neighbors, the people you work with, and your community. So we have to remember that each town, each city, Each state, each country, each continent has a particular consciousness where we have an opportunity to raise that consciousness to fulfill the Hopi prophecy, which says a thousand years of peace. So one of the things that I really want to talk about, which for me has been a sensitive subject, I'm really trying to spiritually grab my arms around it, is this whole concept of privilege. And so... I understand that from my point of view and putting my spiritual glasses on, privilege does not mean that you're better than anyone else. So if we take a look at why we are here to experience life, privilege in this particular context says I don't I haven't had the experience that some other people and another segment of society does experience and so I am talking about the bigotry and the hatred and the separation I'm going to tell you as a woman I have definitely felt that absolutely because of my you know sexual orientation that I'm you know I'm a heterosexual female and there was a time in history that the experiences of the suffragettes and women, it was bad. It was, and they suffered. Okay. So do I have the experience of privilege because of my skin color where I live in the United States? I guess I could say that I do. However, I want to tell you a story. I had a wonderful, wonderful friend, african-american man we used to do a lot of stuff together when i lived in connecticut i really loved him he was just a wonderful person and we went out to lunch one day with a friend and the waitress gary couldn't have been meaner or nastier to this guy i mean she literally threw the menu in his face and
0: with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
2: And he didn't say anything. But when his food was delivered, I mean, she literally, literally threw the plate on the table. And I got mad. And I said, what are you doing? Stop it. Don't treat him like that. You know, I mean, I really got into it with her. And he put mm-hmm. his hand, you know, on my arm. He said, it's, it's all right. It's okay. Don't make a fuss. And I said, it's not okay. Not
1: okay. It's not there okay. You go. Right. right?
2: Okay. So... I'm going to ask all of you, what's okay and what's not okay? Whether it's the color of your skin, your religion, your politics, what's okay? And if it's not okay, and maybe you're not directly experiencing it, but you're seeing it, where's your voice? Where's your voice? So, you know, I'm seeing this a lot, um, particularly from um, people that I do know, that are major, major activists. And they're saying, you know, sister, white sister, why, you know, why are you sitting on your hands? Why aren't you doing anything? You know, it's like, but I'm not, you know, I'm really not, you know. And so I'm not trying to be defensive or anything like that. Isn't that another form of separation, Gary? In,
1: In some ways, but I mean, I think what you did was realize that what a lot of people are saying right now, and they're saying we've seen enough, don't like it. It's ugly. It's repugnant, and they're saying no more.
2: And, and some people don't want to see it, though. What about the people that refuse to see it? Or well, they those are the people. Had-
1: those are the people who can stay stuck where they are. We don't have time for them, and they can continue to to learn, as if they ever learn. That is, I mean, a good example. Case and point, Johanna, Drew Brees, and mm-hmm. he got smacked in his face when he realized. That he re- he refused to see what the real issue at hand was, which was a man was murdered in the streets, and he blinded himself to that and talked about, well, I don't agree with anybody that disrespect the flag. Drew, hello, that's not the issue. The issue is yeah. a man was murdered in the streets. That's, that's the it. issue. That's right. what we should focus on. And he right. real and he had to apologize. And I'll have to say personally. It was a full-throated apology that I could thoroughly, as a black man, accept. Because he realized he missed the mark, he missed the point, and he allowed himself in his whiteness to be blinded to the fact that a black man was murdered in the most repugnant and the most ugliest fashion in the streets. And that's what cannot be be lost sight of and people no we can't lose sight on. of it
2: but let me ha- let me ask you a question I don't mean to interrupt you but I That's am interrupting. I apologize for that this is a conversation what, why shouldn't we be angry if anybody was killed that way is it because in the black community they've been disenfranchised on some level
1: be- yes
2: okay and, I'm just and, trying to understand that I'm not tra- right. you know and, I'm just and, really and trying your, to you know I think perfect- the black community has had enough it's like this friend of mine it's like why didn't you get mad? Because he didn't I, feel he could get mad, right? right.
1: I used to, he, and I'm being quite transparent here. I never knew that there was a massacre of the Black Wall Street in Greenwood, Oklahoma until one of our co-hosts of our podcast, Aaron Wilson Martin, informed me of it. She's a native. Of Oklahoma. I never I was never taught this in my school. It's not in the history books. I never yeah. knew about this. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. So when I realized that I could no longer say because I was one who said, well, <clears throat> why can't black people do what the Italian community did or the Chinese community did bring themselves together and create. Po-? Well, the Chinese community in Little Italy, was never attacked. Little, you know, Ch- Ch- Chinatown was never blew up by white rioters.
2: Yeah, but, but they blew Black- up with the to- Wait a minute, they blew up with the tongs. The, yes, you know,
1: with their own corrupt, like the with their with own the tongs.
2: corruption. That's
1: true. Right, in in the the triads and all that. I'm aware right, of that. Right, but what I'm right. saying is this: is that when we had an opportunity. When we forged and pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps and built a sufficient apparatus for our own, mm-hmm. it was destroyed. So that's where that comes from, Johanna. It comes from the fact that every opportunity, and this was talked, to, it was it was recited in Reverend Sharpton's his eulogy of George yeah. Floyd. All right. You, we have tried and we have wanted to achieve for sure. the American dream. But you have put your knee on our necks. That's true. Get mm-hmm. your knee off of our necks. And that's the fact of the matters. We want to pull ourselves by the bootstraps up. We want to take advantage of our opportunities. Now, I can say as a black man that I've never experienced mistreatment by the police. Now, granted, as I stated earlier, I was one of them. I worked with them. Right. But even before that time... I never ran into that situation. My son was pulled over for doing eighty-four miles in a, in a sixty-five mile an hour zone by the police, but he complied. He was respectful. No problem. But the but the big picture. This is what gets missed. The big picture is is that blacks as a whole has been put in a situation where we're gonna put you in your place, and and that that's a, is the reality. Is that an in-
2: is that an inherited level of consciousness that comes through from reincarnation from all the years of slavery? Because here's the thing, I I get that, I totally understand that. I mean, I saw what my friend went through, and it shocked me. You know, his big dream was always to go to baseball camp. And and I said, wow, you're really passionate about this. And he said, well, I couldn't play baseball when I was a kid. And I'm like, why? And he said, because...
1: He wasn't allowed. They only to. allowed
2: one black kid, right. you know. And I'm not talking about a hundred years ago, right? By the way, you know, because they only allowed one black kid to be on the team to meet the quota. And I said, "Are you see, I see, Gary? I never knew that. So is see. that am yeah. I privileged because I was ignorant? You, I didn't know that. You? So again, experience. But here's the thing. Here's mm-hmm. the crux of the whole thing. How do we move beyond? separation and really unify not just our consciousness our spiritual past and uh real you know a raison d'etre a reason to be why we are here you know i mean man's eternal question is always who am i so and we've been selfish and it's all about me on this mm-hmm. self-entitled level so how do we I understand the anger, but isn't it still a form of separation? How do we unify that energy? I guess
1: to keep doing what what you're doing. Johanna, you're asking the right questions. You want to know. You want to be enlightened. You want to be informed. You want to understand. That's all we ask. We ask for white people. If you don't know, try to know. Try. And that's what you have done throughout your career. This is what you do in your prayer group globally. These are sure. the reasons why you open it up to everybody around the globe. Because you want people to be a part, regardless to where they come from. And if you have questions, you want to know. You ask right questions
2: there's some people who don't want to know and don't care what are the questions okay so for those of everybody that's listening what are the questions that we should be asking is it a question we ask ourselves or we go out to the community or our family what's the question because right now it's such a sensitive energy that i'm not saying people are afraid to talk but they don't they don't know you know we're talking about Dialogue with divinity. The conversation mm-hmm. continues. How do they continue the conversation in a respectful, honorable way of understanding?
1: In the without way,
2: without right. you know without this white privilege black you know right. without that whole that label.
1: To how do, do we it not label? In the way that you did it right here in this instance on this program with me, okay. You ask the questions and I answer them. You you brought forth your questions and your mis and you were not you were very transparent as to clarify and iterate your misunderstandings. You did it right here, Johanna, and that's really well.
2: It's really not about me. I would really like to you know our intention in this show is to really help people guide them, not tell you what to do. Just give it. You know a free will choice and you know this is such we don't we don't want to repeat so here's the thing everyone that's listening in the age that we're in right now particularly this year which is really interesting from a metaphysical point of view we're in a pattern right now we're in a Pluto pattern which started in April it doesn't end until October and so it's about your future And it is about power and sex and money and passion. So really what I want to end with this is I'm really asking everyone that's listening from your heart and your soul, what's the vision you want to take forward that doesn't make you greater than, better than, separate than unified. Imagine yourself standing outside of the earth, holding hands around that prayer wheel. And if you can do nothing else, In your consciousness, once a day, imagine that you are spinning that prayer wheel for healing, unification, and oneness. This has been an interesting show. It's been rather dynamic. It's really a reflection of what's going on out there in the world today. So, you know, we ask you to share the show. You can find it on all kinds of platforms. It's an important conversation. And it's not just a conversation for you to listen to with Gary and I. It's a conversation for you to have with your family, with your friends. And it may get heated. But, you know, sometimes we have to turn up the heat before we can feel that we need to burn off something, which means change. So for all of you that are listening, go to that prayer wheel Really and truly, whether you get down on your knees or pray or you're walking out in nature, be okay with extending your hand to a neighbor that you've never spoken to before. It's time for us to raise our heads literally off the ground and change our focus and our point of view. We are here to experience life, to experience the joy of heaven on earth and we have the opportunity by loving ourselves and our neighbor in an equal framework we are not greater than better than we are all equal and it's really time historically for us to be part of that consciousness so I don't want to sound like your mama that's lecturing all of you I want to send you love and healing and clarity awareness is clarity so whatever your spiritual path is, maybe you give it a little bit more attention. We hope to see you next week. You've been listening to Metaphysical Talk Radio. The show is Dialogue with Divinity. The conversation continues and we will continue. And I want to send you all tremendous amount of love and walk your truth. Walk in the light of the divine. Because you know what? The light will always win. Always. It's so much greater and filled with the joy and the celebration of life. So it's a great opportunity right now. So Gary, I want to say goodbye for today and we'll see everyone next week and we'll continue this conversation. Um, It's going to be an interesting weekend globally and bravo to everyone who's tired of the old way and is really embracing a new day filled with love, light, beauty, peace and truth. So bye for now. Have a great week, be kind to yourself and others, and we'll see you soon.